0: We would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging that the land on which we record is the occupied, traditional, and unceded territory of the Stalo First Nation.
1: When they have a a good basis, there are great chances that they will continue their education because they are empowered and they have self-esteem. They see that they can make it because they are given a chance uh, when they are still young. And we see results now. One of the results, we see that the rate of dropouts is decreasing.
0: Welcome to the Ending Poverty Together podcast. I'm Shalane, and we're here to discuss big questions about poverty in bite-sized ways. Amos Rakiza was born and raised in Burundi and currently serves as the education coordinator for Food for the Hungry Burundi. Amos is passionate about education and servant leadership. He holds a BA in Linguistics and Literature from the University of Burundi, a BA in Theology from Global University, and an MA in Applied Linguistics and Translation from Handong Global University in South Korea. It's a delight to have you joining me today. I would like to begin our conversation by asking you if you would finish the sentence— Poverty is complex because...
1: Thank you, Shalyn. It's a a pleasure to be here and to be part of this podcast. Uh, Poverty is complex because it is a multifaceted phenomenon. Uh, Poverty entails more than lack of income Mm. and productive resources to ensure sustainable livelihoods. It goes beyond that because its manifestations can include hunger, malnutrition and stunting, limited or lack of access to education and other basic services, mm. social discrimination and exclusion, lack, uh, the lack of participation in decision-making, the list goes on. Mm. So at today's, we're talking about education. Uh, lack and or limited access to education is another form of poverty. And that's what we are talking about today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, we're focusing specifically on education because you are the education coordinator. But I appreciate you reminding us that poverty is very holistic. It impacts the whole person and everything. Yes. So, Amos, I would appreciate it if you would tell us a little bit about your role with FH Burundi as the education coordinator.
1: Uh, Thank you, Shalin. I work with FH Burundi and um, my role is education coordinator, like you said, Uh, And my role is about, I mean, coordinating all activities related to education. Uh, Yeah, it's more about working with uh, the Ministry of Education and also helping our staff who are based in our area programs, especially those who are in education, coordinating all the activities and training them uh, so that we can see impact in what we're doing in our education sector.
0: Amos, what are some of the ways that you see lives being impacted by education?
1: Thank you for this question. It's a good question. Um, so I will start by saying that um, what we're doing in education, I, I mean, at level of FH Burundi, we basically focus on um, mm-hmm. on young children we're doing programs in um, preschool level or those who haven't uh, don't have i mean the opportunity to join preschools we're trying to create early uh, childhood development centers so that we can help give a chance to children from remote places vulnerable places so that they can have access to education i mean some form of education before joining primary school because in uh, our country, especially in the mm-hmm. rural areas, we don't have many preschools. Children, when they start school, it's a mm-hmm. primary one, P1 or grade one. So that's where we are focusing about on our attention because we know mm-hmm. that if we invest uh, in that area, we are likely to see big returns because that's the basic, that the foundation uh, for children. And after that, we are also focusing on Mm -hmm. the first three years of primary school, grade one, two, and three, so that we can make sure that um, children have good foundation and this will help them to continue their education career, I mean, or or trajectory. Mm -hmm. I can say that we, we see results immediately because we are working with young children, but it's interesting to see that it gives hope to children who didn't have... A hope before, mm. and for those who are already in primary school, I mean, grade one, two, and three, because we don't go beyond, we that's where we focus on our resources and interventions. For them, when they have a, a good basis, mm-hmm. th- there are great chances that they will continue their education because they are you know they are empowered and they mm. have self esteem they see that they can make it because they are given a chance uh, when they're still young and we see results now um mm. one of the results we see that the rate of dropouts is decreasing because before in in, in some of the schools children would drop out because their grades or they ca- they can't make it they're, they're not succeeding it's hard But when they see that they can make it because Mm. we are empowering Mm -hmm. the teachers, uh, the teachers in return are, you know, training them, you know, with excellency. So it it gives hope to the children and the rate of dropouts is decreasing because children stay in school now. So uh, this is some of the returns. But uh, since Mm -hmm. we're investing in young children, it's not easy to see results immediately. That we see this uh, because the rate uh, decreases. And uh, we hope that uh, since they gain this confidence and uh, they see that they can make it, they will for sure continue their education because we are building a a firm foundation for them so that they can continue uh, their education.
0: Mm -hmm. And that foundation isn't just... Math and reading and and those kind of studies. It's it sounds like it's that whole person development again. So these children are increasing in their confidence and self esteem and knowing who they are and what they what they can accomplish, which is very exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. We try to focus on the whole person, and uh, it's not only children. We also focus on the, the caregivers. Mm-hmm is maybe parents and the people who are taking care mm. of the children so that we can help them uh, know how to treat well the children and even prepare them for school even before so we work with them through what we call cascade groups because we train them so that they can be i mean good caregivers and uh, all those things about uh, you mm-hmm. know the development of the child, so that they can know how to to, to care for the child and prepare them for mm-hmm. the school. And we work on that. We call it school readiness. And caregivers are, and even communities, are involved because that's the first level. Because we work with the caregivers, and the community, and after community we go into schools. So. We make sure mm-hmm. that uh, we touch all those aspects uh, or those, you know, levels so that a child feels like they are in a mm-hmm. good environment. And this is what we call, I mean, for us, the approach is um, child-centered community uh, transformation. So we work in the community, but uh, the child is the focus. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: You mentioned working with the caregivers through cascade groups. I love this concept of cascade groups, and I'm wondering if maybe some of our listeners are not familiar with how a cascade group works. Would you be willing to talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Cascade groups is an approach which helps us to work on the transformation of minds. It's like changing mindsets of people or behavior change, because we start with a, a small group of people that we call volunteers. These are people who are well known in the community, and most of mm-hmm. the time we see that they're mothers because they're the ones who spend most of—I mean—spend—I mean—most of their time with children. And we train them on different subjects. Mm-hmm. It can be about hygiene, how they should deal with this in their homes, how they should play with their children or how to Mm -hmm. to make toys for the children and how to help children read, I mean, like uh, doing some reading at home. So these people, we train them. We have modules we use, two of them, about different topics, about the Mm -hmm. development of the child and what a caregiver should do. And then these uh, volunteers, Every one of them has like between 12 and 15 neighbors. So they're the ones who are then to take this this Uh information, this knowledge to their neighborhoods and teach their neighbors. And it's in this way that we seek the transformation of minds or behavior change. Yeah, mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. can't reach all the, the, the homes or the households that through these people that we call Cascade Group volunteers so we can uh, vehicle this information to many households, many families and uh, see changes in the in the communities.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you have caregivers' support and that they value education, then I would imagine you're far more likely to see the children succeed.
1: Yes. You know, you can't really succeed if you don't work with people at the grassroots level because they need to be involved. Mm-hmm. They need to feel like this is their their own thing, own it. So if you reach that level mm-hmm. of, I mean, of them owning that uh, approach and understanding what you want to do, sure, you will surely have success in what you do.
0: Amos, I know there's one program in particular that you're very excited about. And so would you tell us about the uh, Let's Learn to Read program?
1: Sure. I'm very happy to share about Let's Learn to Read. Maybe I should start with a a brief Mm -hmm. history of the program.
0: Please. Yes, please.
1: It was in, I think, 2019, that uh, FH Burundi conducted a research Mm -hmm. in our area programs. And uh, this program was done in schools because we wanted to measure the level, I mean, the skills of the children in literacy and numeracy. And Mm -hmm. it turned out that the children, especially nine years old, are supposed to finish, I mean, to have finished P2, P3, that's a uh, primary grade, I mean, grade three. And we found out mm-hmm. that um, the, the results were not encouraging because only 9% of them could read and answer three questions correctly about a short reading passage. It was very oh, wow. low. And uh, this was uh, mm. kind of concern because say, uh, something needs to be done. So... It's after that, and uh, I think it was mm-hmm. the school year twenty. I mean, twenty 2020, twenty, twenty twenty one, that uh, FH Burundi decided to start uh, a program. Uh, it's not only F- FH Burundi because it was done uh, in the education sector of FH Global, and uh, this program was designed. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's learn to read. That. It's a, It's like it's a program made of eight modules. So we, what we do, we build the capacities okay. of teachers, especially, I have to insist here, it's uh, from primary one, two, and three. We don't go beyond that because that's where we focus our attention. And the, the aim or the objective is to strengthen the capacity or to empower the teaching capacities of teachers so that they can teach literacy To children, Mm. I know that's what they do. They even before that they used to teach literacy. There are, you know, the Ministry of Education has its own program, but we came Mm -hmm. up with uh, evidence-based strategies that could make it possible for children to learn reading quickly, quicker than before. So uh, these are the strategies we teach okay. them, and mm-hmm. they are in eight modules. I'm not going to maybe to name all of them, but we focus on these practices that make sure that the child okay. is, 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 is really the center of the learning and we encourage children to read and we create an environment mm-hmm. where the child is you know has things to look at or letters or you know words written on the walls, which was not done before. And also other Mm -hmm. practices, the way they they do the teaching. That's all about (laughs) Let's Learn to Read because I can go into details but That's basically a program made of eight modules where we we empower teachers Mm -hmm. in primary one, two, and three so that they can really enhance their capacities to teach literacy to children. Mm -hmm. And I can say that uh, we've Mm -hmm. seen uh, in 2021, 2020 2021 we started a pilot project mm-hmm. one of our area programs and uh, it was just you know testing to see if it works and it did work because we saw results and uh, that's why the following year we extended to two more area programs because uh, people saw that the program is really working
0: it's again similar to your cascade group concept mm-hmm. your teaching and empowering teachers so that then they can teach children effectively mm-hmm. and the children can learn to read uh, more quickly. And then it comes back to what you said earlier about those children having a really solid foundation. Yes. Um, do you have any stories in particular? Have you been in classrooms where you see this at work? What What does the program actually look like? What would somebody... See if they came into a classroom in Burundi that was using the Let's Learn to Read program.
1: Uh, the, uh, the first thing you you see that you see that we encourage what we call uh, learning and teaching material that are posted on the walls because Mm -hmm. we encourage teachers to do that before it was not really a practice Mm. so uh, in many of these places we see that they have uh, material on the walls so children are you know they have opportunity to to read and to see letters to see words and uh, this uh, you know it's a good environment for the child to to learn Uh, and before you know some teacher, teachers didn't really bother about this. It wasn't a concern. Um, another mm-hmm. thing you find that uh, children are more active because we encourage teachers to make the children the center of the learning. And we encourage teachers not to give answers mm. if a child fails to give an answer. So the, the teacher shouldn't be the first to correct. We uh, we encourage him to ask other children to mm. correct so and this gives mm-hmm. gives some kind of uh, self esteem to children because they see that they can do it. So you will see that the classrooms uh, that are very active, mm-hmm. children are very active, and it's different if you, if you compare with other schools where the program is not being implemented because children are active and they are some some places you go and if for example if we go for uh, for what we call follow up sessions. Uh, and we make children read because we have to score mm-hmm. the fluidity score, uh, how fast a child is in reading, which is how mm-hmm. we measure. And if you ask some to read, children will come after you. I want also to to learn. I want also to read. Please ask me also. So children are eager, mm-hmm. you know, they're active, and they're, they see that they're the center, so they're very motivated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, mm-hmm. there there are some challenges, but. Uh, you can see the difference. The other difference is the results you see, or so.
0: It's so lovely to hear how active and confident the children are. Do you have any other stories that you want to share with us about outcomes from the program?
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. Thank you, Um uh, Yes, it's uh, it's really exciting because, uh, as I said, we are teaching literacy. It's a way of helping children you know know how to read quickly. And uh, the results we want to see is the children being able to read, just what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will share maybe mm-hmm. two stories, um, they're short ones. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. Please do. Uh,
1: the first one um, is a uh, school principal, uh, because we involve them, they are not teaching, but um, they visit classrooms. So one day he visited a classroom, mm-hmm. I think it was in uh, one of the, um, the the three levels. I mean, it was, I think, grade two. So uh, he asked. Uh, he, he was watching. I mean, looking at a, a child who was reading a text, and he was so touched, so impressed that he said, "No, this is this can't be true, wow. because uh, maybe this child, this child has memorized the text. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe this. Yeah. So that's why maybe he's reciting, huh. and." And say, I will test him. I will bring my own text for him to read. And he went and uh, brought another text. Wow. And the child read like he was uh-huh. reading before and say, Wow. So he was really like, say, like you're saying, Wow. The, the, even the principal himself says, Yes. This is unbelievable. So um, it's really if the, the, the techniques are re put in, implemented, I mean, mm. oh, you can see the results. So, mm-hmm. this is an, another example. Another one, uh, which I, I that was me when I was uh, on the field last time. I met one of the the, mm-hmm. the principal, the school principals. I was talking to him because we're encouraging them to encourage teachers to practice the, the, the techniques we teach them. And he said, This program is really wonderful. And I said, Why? Because you see, there are children in primary four or five can't read like mm. children in primary two and three. So they are primary four, five, but they can't mm. read like those. And he mm-hmm. told me, for those who are really weak in primary four and five, they when there is a literacy class mm-hmm. in uh, primary two or three, they prefer to come and attend that uh, literacy class because they also want to learn, I mean, how to, to read well. So, um, oh, so those who are in the yes. program, I'm, I mean, those so they're they're
0: motivated then.
1: Motivated, yes, motivated, and also it's encouraging. Even those who are, you know, far, like primary six, four, five, they are just ahead, ahead, but they prefer to come mm-hmm. back and and attend a class, a literacy class in primary two or three. Mm. So, which is really encouraging because mm-hmm. they see that they and they are like. That weaker, I mean, if I can use the term, they're weaker than those who are just behind them, the children.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So, yeah, and uh, yep. I was also told that some of these children, they can even read better than those who are starting their secondary education. So it's really encouraging to see the program. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what the program is bringing as a result,
0: yeah. Hmm. This is very close to my heart right now because... I have a six-year-old grandson, mm-hmm. and he I, I volunteer in his classroom at his school about once a month. And I'm able to see these children starting to learn to read. and it, it just opens up
1: mm-hmm. so
0: many worlds for them. Yes. So this topic is very meaningful for me. Because I'm I'm being able to see I'm not a primary school teacher by any <laughs> means, but to be able to to see children having this world opened up to them and yeah. to know that you are doing that and giving them such a, a strong foundation is is beautiful.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's very really encouraging. I'm also happy you can relate to it that. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I would also like to know because I'm sure that with all of these joyful success kinds yes. of stories, that there are some challenges that you face. So, yes. what are some of the challenges that you personally and f h. Burundi are facing right now?
1: Yes, thank you, Shaline, for the question. yeah, there uh, there are challenges for sure. and um, we're trying to to find solutions, but sometimes uh, it's beyond our capacity as an organization. Um, mm-hmm. uh, First of mm-hmm. all, at the school levels, we see that um, because we encourage them to create this material, sometimes they need to have like some material to use to create the teaching material, which is a challenge for some mm-hmm. of our schools because we see that these are schools in very poor areas. So um, this can be a challenge for them to mm-hmm. find material, to create those learning material. Uh, and also, mm. it's a, also we, we are working on that. It's a challenge because uh, the, the Ministry of Education in Burundi already has a program for teaching literacy and mm-hmm. sometimes can create a conflict for teachers so they they because it's something we agreed we didn't impose it we discussed with the the ministry of education because mm-hmm. we worked together and they even gave us uh what we call master trainers from the ministry of education so we agreed and uh, because we can't do it without the the approval of the ministry of education so it's uh, we have an mou with the ministry of education and uh, we mm-hmm. have we are not mm-hmm. even the ones directly training them because we have officials from the Ministry of Education at the central level, national level, and also uh, officials at the mm-hmm. you know at area level because there are some authorities in charge of education in the areas. So we work together because we want to ensure that they are part of the process. So um, sometimes it can create confusion, and that's what we're working on because they have old practices in literacy and we're bringing new strategies right. so which can be a bit uh, confusing to them but uh, this is not a big problem we're working on that mm-hmm. the main one I can mention is uh, because people are now getting uh, excited when they hear about this. Mm. I mean, what, I uh, our mm. education program, they are very happy. They would like also the program to be extended to mm. other areas. I remember when FH president ah. visited last month. So we were in the office of one uh-huh. governor in, in area we work. And uh, he was saying, uh-huh. we know, we know FH is... Doing tremendous things in education, if only you could extend to more areas, you know, in our in our province. So uh, this is we have. They're asking for more, and FH Burundi so far doesn't have resources to cover the whole country. I mean, to extend to more provinces. So this is a challenge, uh, which is also, I mean, it's a good one. But uh, we keep telling them, uh, yes, we can do that, but. Uh, we can't recover the whole country, it's, it's costly. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I can say it's like uh, we have financial limitations uh, to to cover more uh, places, because now we are uh, in five uh, APs, I mean, area programs. Uh, and our area programs are mm-hmm. not very big because we can week, work in a one commune, which is like a district, but we cover a uh, part of it, not the whole okay. of it. So when they see results in that uh, mm. area where we are intervening, so they want us to extend to more places, but uh, we are really limited. Um, so mm-hmm. that's what we're discussing. Maybe, um, God willing, we can have maybe more resources to extend to more places in the future.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that would, yeah. it's not surprising to me that neighboring communities would want the same for their children when they see the successes that you're having in the communities you're working mm-hmm. in.
1: Yes, yeah, it's not really a surprise because, yeah, they would like also to see that happen no. and, uh, <laughs> in their areas, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. But practically, yes. mm-hmm. it requires a lot of resources. Amos, I think I yes. have a bit of an idea of where you might go with answering this next question, But um, Mm -hmm. where do you find hope? Okay,
1: a good question and a hard one. (laughs) Yeah, I say it's hard because yeah, it's not easy to answer. But uh, the fact that we're making a difference in the lives of these little ones Mm. gives us, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, in the long run, because... We are investing in their lives so that we they can have a better future, they can be successful in their studies and in their lives. So this gives us mm-hmm. hope, not only us, because it gives hope on also to families. Because when a, a child has a good basis in, in their education, so there is hope for the future. Mm-hmm. So for us, I mean, being part of that process of, or building or giving this good basis or foundation for the child, it's already, I mean, and seeing mm-hmm. the changes, which, which are not yet, you know, in some ways not very tangible, but we feel really, I mean, hopeful for the future, for those children and for their mm-hmm. families and for their communities.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Amos, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time, and I know that it's uh, it's a big investment for you to spend time and to find a location yeah. where internet could work. And so I just I thank you so much that you've been willing to have this conversation. I am leaving this feeling blessed and encouraged, and so I I just um, want to extend my thanks to you and to your staff in Burundi and for all the work that you're doing thank you so much
1: yes thank you Celine. I'm very happy, happy to yeah to be part of I mean this activity um, this podcast because um, we we would like people to know what's happening uh, I mean in Burundi, yeah, and mm-hmm. maybe it can encourage someone uh, you never know, or it can maybe also you know, attract someone who'd like to also invest in this in a way or another. So thank you so much for inviting me, and um, it's been a pleasure to meet you and to be part of this, and i would be glad even in the future to be part of this <laughs> if you think uh, I should maybe share something else.
0: Yes, that would be wonderful. I hope to come and visit you in person someday as well.
1: If you have an opportunity to come, we'd we'll be happy to I mean to host you and to take you to these places and see what's happening.
0: <laughs> I would love to do that and I would love to bring some other Canadians who are very interested in this as well. So, thank you again, Amos. It's been delightful chatting with you.
1: You're welcome.
0: If you're listening today and you'd like to explore what your next steps could be or find out more about FH Canada and FH Burundi, start by checking out fhcanada.org resources.